A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Invasion. A communication disruption can only mean one thing. Negotiation. We've lost all communication. Invasion. What will the future of Star Wars bring? You must contact me. You must contact me and listen to read. They wouldn't dare. It's unthinkable. In this orbital's bubble bubble, Star Wars prequels appreciation podcast. It's outrageous. Hello one, hello all, and welcome to CO Bibble's Babble Bubble. Your one pod racer pit stop for all things Star Wars prequels appreciation. We got a fun episode here planned for today, but before I dive into the activities, I feel like it's necessary to discuss a certain piece of news that came out recently. And that, of course, is the completely fantastical, amazing, and dare I say shocking swarth of announcements that came out during Disney's earning call, earnings call this previous week on Thursday, where we learned a lot of exciting things about new shows going on Disney Plus and some new movies. A number of them touching upon a Quite a few prequels topics, so I would be remiss to not mention them here on the show, given that this is a prequels appreciation podcast, after all. I won't go through the full list necessarily, but just kind of look at exciting things. So first off, we've got the show Acolyte coming out, which is a nice dip into the dark side. Now this is going to take place at the end of the High Republic era, which, uh, as a reminder, uh, that's the era that's being explored by... uh, authors of books and novels coming up in the new year so it's technically a prequel to the prequels so that being said it's very much worth a little uh, inspection for all prequels fans out there there'll be probably a lot of ties into things that we see and maybe a little preview of the rise of uh, Darth Plagueis the Wise perhaps I maybe his master or his master's masters this of course was Darth Sidious masters so that's kind of exciting uh then we have a, a droid story coming out and an animated thing looking at R2-D2 and C-3PO, which, you know, I would be shocked if it didn't at least partially touch upon their adventures during the prequels. If it's the entire uh, look at the Skywalker saga through their eyes, perhaps it may, perhaps it may not. And very excitingly, we're going to have the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which has already been uh, in the works for some time and was confirmed well over a year ago. But it's kind of been in a development limbo, so it's nice to hear that Ewan McGregor is coming back to reprise that role. Very excitingly about that is they also announced that Hayden Christensen will be returning to play Darth Vader. That's, of course, Mr. Anakin Skywalker himself, and that has me super uh, pumped. You know, I think we do have to kind of pump the brakes a bit on the expectations there because, you know, obviously the Hayden that we all fell in love with during uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, and episode three, Revenge of the Sith, is very different than Darth Vader, you know, the one that we see uh, in Rogue One and the original trilogy and comic books and everything as that villain. And so will we actually see Hayden's face? I mean, I would hope so. You know, you could just put anybody in that suit, but Hayden has been in the Vader suit before. 
And so, will it be flashbacks? Will it be an actual duel? Will it be a force dream that we see that? How big of a role will he play in the series? There's a lot of speculation out there. You know, I like to imagine that perhaps it's something almost kind of comical where this is just a red herring and Hayden is going to be playing someone completely different in Naboo and there's going to be a lingering on the camera where, you know, Obi-Wan says, is that Anakin? Like, oh, no, 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 no. That's just his cousin because after all, oh, I say Naboo, I meant to say Tatooine. Obi-Wan's on Tatooine after all. So he sees Anakin's cousin, you know, because Smee Skywalker, that's where she's from. Maybe she had a sister. Uh, Smee Skywalker, actually her brother, Mr. Smee from uh, Peter Pan is actually her brother. Uh, and before he went to Netherland as a pirate, he had a kid himself. And that kid is, uh, rather than Anakin Skywalker, it's Anna Sky Ninwalker? In Kinwalker? <laughs> I don't know. That's just kind of on the fly, maybe. <laughs> Anyhow, he and Obi-Wan become good friends until, uh, Good old Anna Sky uh, passes away for some tragic reason, and that's the end of the show. It's really a buddy drama. We kind of get to see, you know, everything we wanted about Obi Wan and Hayden hanging out and having good times uh, in an alternate reality where uh, Anakin did not go bad, and that's kind of what we get to see with Anna Sky in the Obi Wan Kenobi show. There we go. That's the leak, everybody. Disney, I swear to God, I didn't sneak into your vault. I didn't go to, uh, to you know, Skywalker Sound and Lucas Ranch and pull that one out of the archive. So if it turns out to be true, which it obviously is because it's a brilliant idea, there's no holes in that at all, especially the whole bit with Mr. Smee from Peter Pan being Anakin's uncle, then, uh, yeah, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, there's a lot of podcasts and YouTube channels and pigeon improv troops that have all touched upon the Disney Investor Day announcements more thoroughly uh, and really broken down all the scenes that they've seen and stills and stuff like that. So I won't spend much time on that further. I just felt like I had to at least mention it. But anyhow, I wanted to pivot towards the type of content that you expect here on the Babble Bubble, which is associating things from the prequels eras with prequels characters. That's right. So, you know, you're thinking about when we had prequel footy madness with Nikki Kumar and Charlie Ashby of the Imperial Senate podcast on, or when I did prequels era NBA, or, uh, you know, UK special election. <laughs> That was, well, that wasn't me. Remember, that was my, my co-host, after all, uh, Nigel Featherbottom, you know, the British correspondent. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so what we have here is something that became very popular. Actually, it not just became popular, it showed up at all during the same time as the prequels. And that is the television show Survivor. Yes, this is a jump. Let's try to talk Survivor on a Star Wars show. I do want to just run down a little bit of numbers on this to see, you know, how we're getting in there before we get to the association game. So Survivor uh, first hit the airwaves on CBS in 2000, the year 2000. So the Phantom Menace had been out for somewhere from six to nine months. I don't have the actual release date of the show in front of me, but, you know, it was part of the popular zeitgeist. New Star Wars was back and Survivor hits the screen. And as Survivor becomes one of the most popular shows in America in 2000 through 2005 and a little onward, that's when we see the prequels rolling out. 
Uh, and I would keep the comparison going that just as Survivor has kind of dropped out of popularity as the reality competition TV market has filled up, and as there's the streaming wars going on and whatnot, the prequels definitely sort of faded away for a good bit, or people kind of trashed it. But that being said, just as prequels love is making a comeback, thank you prequels memes, and thank you people appreciating the art that it gave us, Survivor's making a bit of a comeback too. And uh, that's largely from the fact that there are two seasons of Survivor now on Netflix, at least American Netflix. I don't know if it's there for all my listeners in Britain and uh, in Australia and elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I never grew up watching the show, but I saw the show on Netflix, and so my partner and I decided to, to watch it because she grew up watching. And even though it was newer seasons in the sense that outside of the prequels era, it got us hooked, and I've now gone back to Hulu to watch some of the older stuff. So now, you know, I'm on season, I think I'm on season four now, so that's kind of fun, yeah. This is stuff that is that came out and was airing while the prequels were going on and that made me think hey you know this was a huge thing it had millions of viewers talking about it every week very similar to the way millions of people when a new star wars film came out would come around and talk about it so naturally you know there's some stuff that's going on there and similarities and it's all happening in the same time zone so i thought a fun game to play would be to build a survivor challenge on which you have two teams two tribes and the members of the tribes or teams are competing to be the lone survivor just as is the premise of the game so this episode had a little prep work of it we'll see how it turns out it uh, <laughs> may end up making sense to some may end up to another you know i'd like to say that i spent a long time you know carefully hand picking uh, you know, particular players for both teams in the hope that, you know, this would be fair and, and careful. But honestly, I was just going through prequels characters who I liked and feel like I could talk about. So maybe they not may not be the best competitors or, or not. So anyhow, here we go. Insert survivor theme. Boop. <laughs> All right. So uh, what is Survivor without the magnanimous personality of its beloved host Jeff Probst, kind of a, a figurehead to both tribes. He leads the tribal councils when they have to vote somebody off. He narrates what's happening in the games. So I felt like in order for our Star Wars prequels show, Survivor show, to have a Jeff Probst-like character, we needed to get somebody who understood both sides, all chess pieces on the board and so of course that's nobody else other than chancellor palpatine himself who gets to be the host of the show because we have the two teams here the jedi tribe and the sith tribe sith tribe may have a little asterisk next to it we'll get to that in a moment so anyhow the jedi tribe when they go to tribal council uh rather than you know they're sitting there across from jeff in a bunch of tents uh or you know tiki huts think of them that they're at the galactic senate and there's chancellor palpatine in the middle uh, the Sith tribe, however, you know, when they all meet together, it's uh, not at the Galactic Senate. It's at some, you know, spooky-looking boardroom with Darth Sidious talking to him with his hood all covered. So, you know, just imagine, you know, if you know the show Survivor, just picture Jeff Probst, and, you know, he's wearing his usual Columbia fishing shirt, short sleeve shirt, except, you know, he doesn't wear a baseball cap when talking to one team, and he does win another. And so that's kind of the vibe we have going on there. 
So I'll go ahead. Let's talk teams. So the Jedi Tribe. Now I'm going to go with early season rules here. So this is when both teams had uh, 10 players. Pardon me, 9 players. You have 18 total players. That since has changed and been definitely pulled around and played around with a bit. Where some later seasons you have 20. Sometimes you have 3 teams. We're just going to stick with very classic Survivor. 2 teams, 18 players. The Jedi Tribe is comprised of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Yoda, Mace Windu, Yaddle, Kiati Mundi, Shock T, and Ayla Secura. Because, you know, here's why Yaddle. I feel like Yaddle, you know, has been getting a lot of flack recently, uh, or at least <laughs> lack of attention is sort of the flack in her instance that we see in The Mandalorian. You know, Ahsoka references, she only knows one other uh, member of the species that Grogu is, and that, of course, is Yoda. But even though Yaddle was there the whole time, too, I mean, she's gone by the time of the Clone Wars, but, you know, you have to think Ahsoka should have seen her at some point, so Yaddle gets a little love, Yaddle gets an invite here. Uh, on the Sith tribe, and once again, this is Sith with an asterisk, because not all these people are Force users, but they are all bad guys. We got Count Dooku, Darth Maul, General Grievous, Jango Fett, Asajj Ventress, Sam Wessel, Newt Gunray, and Sebulba. So I tried to get a little bit of, you know, uh, gender representation in here. You know, obviously, Star Wars has run very male-heavy in terms of its protagonists and antagonists and just casts in general. So uh, you have to kind of pick outside of the main narration to, to flesh it out so like for instance Asajj Ventress is not a prequels character she's from the Clone Wars but that's from the same era so I'll put it in there uh anyhow and then yeah you know you had to dig more further to find a, a female villain that uh wasn't you know a random member of the Separatist Council so you know gotta go Sam Wessel anyhow uh and then obviously Sebulba is not a Sith you know I could have stuck with the Clone Wars vibe and tried to go with, I don't know, Savage Press, who, you know, we've talked about a lot on this show. A couple weeks back, uh, he had a nice profile when a Zabologist from It's True All of It was on the program. Uh, but no, I wanted to get someone from the movies because I feel like I already kind of extended it a little bit, and so that's why we have Sebulba. Obviously not a Sith, but he's kind of a bad dude, so this is kind of a heroes versus villains bit. Just want a disclaimer as we as we go forward to th in newer seasons of Survivor, they have individual immunity that can be found, a hidden immunity idol that can protect players at tribal councils. Since we're looking at the prequels era when talking about Survivor here, we're only going to look at rules that were around at that time. So given that the hidden immunity idol is something added later on, it wasn't a big game mechanic during the time of the prequels, it's not going to be here. So anyhow, you have your two tribes of nine. They're setting it all up. Now, I'm not going to break down episode by episode, week by week, what happens, but I'm going to say, you know, how, kind of an overview of how I picture uh, particular, you know, challenges going. So, off, you know, straight off the bat, you have the first challenge of the week, the Jedi tribe, the Sith tribe, and, you know, the Jedi tribe seem like that would be, you know, fan favorites. They all know each other, you know, which is already breaking survivor rules, and they, you know, can be in touch with each you know what's going on but you have to remember that you know chancellor palpatine's the main judge here so he's doing a lot to to cloud their judgment 
and stuff like that. So the Jedi are not as coherent. You know, he's not necessarily tipping the balance towards the Sith tribe at this point, but nonetheless, he, he's doing a little bit of cheating. And of course, you know, Kiati Mundi, who all he does is pontificate and just be really annoying, he ends up, you know, botching the whole thing. And so, you know, the time shows up that the first tribal council, the Sith tribe, they win immunity, and that just leaves the Jedi tribe out by themselves, having to go to tribal council, and they gotta vote somebody off. So, in a unanimous vote, Kiati Mundi is kicked out of the Jedi tribe. The only person who he voted for was Yaddle, because he was hoping that maybe her obscurity would work against him, and thinking that, oh, Yaddle's a weaker, against her, Yaddle's a weaker Yoda. But it was a little too early for much politic, and he got a unanimous vote out, and uh, universally made fun of on internet discussion forums at the time. So sorry, Mr. Moondy, just like you didn't really put up much of a fight against your clone troopers while getting shot in the back and the front and all that type of jazz, you don't really put up against your own tribe. And the Jedi, you know, they feel that this thorn in their, you know, their side is gone. So, um, you know, the, this kind of keeps them going. They maybe win a few reward challenges for some nice meals or some bedding. And they end up winning the next two immunity challenges too. So it's the Sith tribe that has to have that introspective discussion and figure out, okay, well, who it is that, that we have to get rid of. Uh, so the first of theirs to go will be Newt Gunray, because let's be honest, Newt Gunray has no survivors, survival skills whatsoever, other than, you know, he can kind of plead and survive the court system just by corruption, but, you know, he doesn't have that going. He can, you know, use his money and his connections in the real world, but when you're out in the wild, you know, when you're out in the beaches in, you know, the South Pacific, or I guess in this case, let's go ahead and say, you know, they're in some beaches off of Naboo, you know, and you're with other villains, it, his groveling's not really going to hold up. So Newt Gunray, he's out of there. <clears throat> the very next week, you know, the villains lose yet another immunity challenge. And so they're about to get outnumbered, you know, uh, seven to six. And so it's kind of a little bit of a closer vote, but Sam Wessel doesn't seem to be adding up. You know, she's supposed to be a great sharpshooter, have a good eye, and maybe the challenge was you know, shooting arrows in a bullseye, and Sam just really messed up, so you don't really see what she's adding to the challenge. Her only alliance that she has going for her is is maybe Django Fett and trying to convince Sebulba to help her, so it's a little bit of a closer vote in the tribal council, but unfortunately, she also gets voted off the island. The tribe has spoken. Now, the Jedi tribe, meanwhile, they've been getting a little too comfortable. They've won a little too many reward challenges, ones where you get to drink beer and soda, perhaps, something like that. So, you know, they're maybe a little too full of their britches, a little too full of themselves. And the Sith tribe, they've been through some stuff, but they feel like they've shred off some, you know, dead weight with Newt and Zam. So when the next time comes up, they actually go on a nice little uh, two- immunity challenge win streak so the first of those uh is the most in we get to see the most interesting vote in the uh, the jedi tribe at that point at which mace windu who has been a strong contender you know probably the most powerful player in winning those immunity challenges in week two and three and helping win the reward he gets voted off completely blindsided and this is masterful execution by anakin who's still salty about not being sat uh, allowed. I mean, he sits on the Jedi Council, but not granted the rank of Master. So Anakin gets his friend Obi-Wan to help him out, and also works out a little alliance with Anakin, Shakti, and Aayla Secura. So those four vote off 
Mace Windu. Uh, as Mace Windu, Yaddle, and Yoda attempt to try to vote off Shakti, not realizing that Anakin's the real brains of the operation. Anyhow, you know, the next week comes around, the the Jedi lose again, and so when it has to vote, to vote off, you know, they realize they have to try to take somebody off, you know, continue to pick off out of that alliance that was Yoda, Mace Windu, and Yaddle that was rapidly put together. Yoda's still, you know, a powerful uh, player in the game, so they take out Yaddle pretty quickly. So that leaves Yoda kind of hanging out on his own as this strong core of Anakin, Shakti, Aayla Secure, and Obi-Wan move forward. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the Sith tribe's been licking their wounds, and in the last immunity challenge before the merger, uh, they, uh, you know, end up losing as the Jedi kind of pick up some steam and they end up voting out Count Dooku because, you know, even though he's an old guy, he's not the lovable old guy. And there is some worry that given that Count Dooku used to be a Jedi, that when the two tribes merge, which is a mechanic and survivor, that when both tribes are considered small enough or one tribe is considered small enough, you pick it up and you put it with the other. And now you just have one rather than two competing ones. And so they think, oh, if you put Dooku with a Jedi, he may have some friends in that camp who may help him. So he ends up uh, voting them off. So anyhow, the tribes end up merging, at which point the combined tribe, you have Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Jango Fett, Sabalba, Azaj, Ventress, Shakti, Ayla Secura, Yoda, Darth Maul, and General Grievous. So at this point, you move away from team immunity to individual immunity. So this type of stuff, these challenges are stuff like how long can you balance on a log in the water? And how can you well can you solve these puzzles? Now, a lot of these challenges are going to start to favor certain people over others, especially when the force is involved. So, you know, given that they're on a beach in Naboo, you know, one of it could be like, oh, can you... You know, like, let's say an individual immunity challenge is you have to swim all the way down to Utaganga and back. That's the Gungan city, you know, way down in the water before, you know, popping back. So some of these guys are obviously strong swimmers to begin with. I mean, thank God Kit Fisto isn't around or else he would have run away with this. You know, plus to consider, you know, you got the gooba fish and the other sort of large sea monstery looking things down there you have to go for. So anyhow, General Grievous, you know, with all his wheezing, he uses his droid-like ability and multiple arms to kind of just jet propel himself out of there as the uh, individual uh, immunity winner of, of the first challenge of that, of the merged tribe. So he wins that one, and uh, the new tribe votes out Django Fett. You know, they just feel like he's too cocky. He had definitely been, you know, causing a lot of stir and sort of backstabbing potential alliances by going for the highest bidder and so even some of the villains break away from that so you know you're looking at a merged tribe that originally was five heroes five villains five jedi five sith uh team and uh you realize it's now a five for uh disadvantage for the villains anyhow the next challenge goes by and so bulba realizes that he can start to cheat to help himself win and so he wins both the reward challenge, which, you know, let's assume that's something really nice. Like maybe you get to go visit the Palace of Thede and sleep on a real bed, not just like a shawny, a horrible little cot, you know. And so Sebulba, you know, wins that and he wins the immunity challenge because it's a balanced one. And so he, you know, uses, he kicks off one of the logs when, when nobody's looking. And that's what makes his, his biggest competitor, which let's say that's, that's Anakin Skywalker, falls down. So Sebulba 
he gets immunity. They go back to the council vote, and, you know, as I'd said, you know, the villains are outnumbered five to four, and so at this point, it's necessarily anybody's game, and so they're just going to take, the heroes take out another villain, and they take out General Grievous. He already won an immunity challenge, so he could be a threat, so he's got to get out of there. So now it's five, three. Uh, Grievous is out of there, but he's the, uh, the first member of the jury, so, you know, in Survivor, when you get to the final two, or in some tapes, final three, the jury, which is a select number of voted members of the tribe, not initially, but people who have been around long enough, they get to pick the final winners. So General Grievous is on the jury. In our next three challenges, Yoda really picks up his stride. After all, you know, he's a great Jedi Master. He can use his skills of meditation to really help in balancing. He can solve puzzles. So he wins the next three immunity challenges in a row. Week 8, 9, week 10, week 11. And that's when things start to really shake up a bit that you know the heroes are feeling uh comfortable with their lead five to three and anakin starts to do a little bit of manipulation here you know he has his core group and since yoda has been winning the immunity challenge they can't get rid of him but he feels like you know shock t may have the opportunity to cozy up with yoda and he gets a little paranoid of that maybe she's been talking a little bit to uh you know darth maul or some other things like that and so, uh, and in Shakti, just, you know, because everybody in the show, they have to wear the buff. So just picture her wearing her, um, uh, whatchamacallit, her Force Unleashed 2 outfit, but it's a, a Reebok buff because that's, you know, that was what everybody liked to wear on the show because you got to wear something. And so, anyhow, you know, Anakin manages to get Obi-Wan, uh, and Ayla Secura to team up with the villains and get rid of Shakti, you know, week 10. Uh, we see that the heroes kind of feel bad about what they had done to, uh, uh, you know, one of their own. So they take out another villain. They take out Darth Maul. Week 11, this is Yoda's third week of immunity. You know, Anakin is really wishing that Yoda could be pushed off at this point. Uh, pardon me, week 11. Yeah, week 11. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, all of that moving and shaking is starting to be recognized. So uh, Anakin ends up getting voted off you know, before even making it to, you know, the final, the final five, Anakin's out of there, so, because they, they realized it, so he gets voted off by Asajj Ventress, Yoda, and Ayla Secura, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is still standing by him, but that may choose to be his own downfall, so anyhow, there you have it, the final five, right when you're looking at the final four, Asajj Ventress, who is really feeling the pressure, because the only bad guys left are her and Sebulba against three, you know, pretty solid heroes there, and, but she manages to save herself, and you think, okay, well, maybe they would choose to vote out Sebulba instead, but this is where Sebulba's machinations really start to pull through. So Sebulba and Asajj Ventress managed to convince Obi-Wan Kenobi that Yoda's got to go, that Yoda is too powerful, this is the time to strike, so Yoda is out. So finally, we get to the final four, with Asajj Ventress, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sebulba, and Ayla Secura, two villains and two heroes, a real, you know, magnificent achievement, especially considering how the tribe at one point was five heroes to five villains. That just goes to show the Anakin legacy really messed things up when they got Shock T off the show. Uh, so you're at your final four, and Ayla Secura wins immunity. 
And so that leaves, they have to figure out who you vote off next. You can't vote for A-list. So it ends up being a 2-2 two, two tie where Sebulba and Asajj Ventress vote for Obi-Wan Kenobi and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Asajj Ventress. I mean, pardon me, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ayla Secura vote for Asajj Ventress. So it's 2-2. Two, two. But eventually, you know, when it comes to, okay, here's the tiebreaker, Sebulba ends up flipping. And so Sebulba and Ayla Secura are able to vote off Asajj Ventress. And so she's out of there. And so you're left with your final three. There's one last immunity challenge left for Obi-Wan, Ayla Secura, and Sebulba to try to get. And the winner of that challenge ends up being Sebulba, his second challenge. So Obi-Wan never wins a challenge, which is pretty surprising. But he, you know, maybe he wins a couple reward challenges, but never the key one. So Sebulba gets to pick one person to go to the final with him. And this is a very strategic play because you have to know the jury gets the choices. So just as a reminder at this point, the jury is Anakin Skywalker, Shock T, Yoda, Darth Maul, Asajj Ventress, in general grievous it's a jury of six you're about to add a seventh person now Sebulba looks very carefully and he makes a critical mistake so he feels like okay well you know obi-wan's a very likable guy so he's got anakin out there and he's noticed that obi-wan and asajj ventress are kind of flirting so he thinks if he takes obi-wan with him then asajj is going to have to vote for obi-wan so he thinks he cares way too much about trying to court Asajj over and then also thinking that perhaps you know Obi-Wan's backstabbings with Anakin you know or, or pardon me that you know Ayla Secura's various backstabbings may make her a more you know agreeable candidate up there so he chooses to take Ayla Secura with them to the finale rather than Obi-Wan so Obi-Wan is added to the jury and so you have your seven jury members and both players need to make their case. And Sebulba says how he did a great job playing the game. He won two challenges. He made alliances. You know, that even when he was on a team of Sith, like legitimate Sith lords with the Force, he was able, you know, to be a winner, the winner that he always was and always will be, and uh, and pull through. You know, and Ayla Secura is able just to lean on the fact that, okay, well, you know, that's true, but, you know, the heroes outnumber the villains. In, in the jury by, uh, you know, quite a bit and just hoping to maybe play up that card, but Zabulba doesn't trust it. Anyhow, the jury vote comes in. And, you know, Chancellor Palpatine goes, tallies the vote. He pulls out the first vote. It's one for Zabulba. He pulls out the second vote. It's another for Zabulba. Zabulba's feeling good, but then he pulls out four consecutive votes for Ayla Secura that he doesn't even need to tally the last vote. Ayla Secura is the winner of Star Wars prequels Survivor. And the crowd goes wild. Now here's how those votes are breaking down. So actually in the end, Ayla Secura did end up getting all the hero votes. She got Anakin, she got Obi-Wan, she got Shakti, and she got Yoda. The Jedi all stuck together. Sabalba so got Asajj Ventress and General Grievous. But in the end, Darth Maul ended up flipping and going for Ayla Secura as well. So that's what just really, you know, there wasn't even necessarily a flip vote. You know, it wasn't even the numbers that even had it not been a full hero suite. Sebulba, you know, wouldn't have pulled through. And he focused so hard on, like, oh, Ayla Secura in his mind was more beatable. But really, Obi-Wan, it, it turns out, you know, when they have the reunion episode and they all talk, would probably have ended up losing to him. Because Sebulba 
was wrong about Asajj choosing to be flirty with Obi-Wan and vote for him. You know, Asajj respects game. She would have voted for Zabulba either way, as she did. Uh, General Grievous would have still voted for Zabulba. Darth Maul can't stand Obi-Wan, so he would have voted for him. And finally, you know, at this point, Anakin and Obi-Wan had had their differences both, you know, chronologically in the film and also we're seeing that Anakin was the great, you know machinator of things and obi-wan maybe called him out at camp too many times anakin would have ended up voting for sebulba as well also because he just you know you wouldn't think about it. that would have been the surprise vote anakin right there voting for sebulba because you know anakin beat him in the one thing that matters and that's the boon to eve pod race but you know game represent respects game so sebulba blew it and it goes down in survivor history as one of the biggest mistakes that he chose to take ala sakura to the final over obi-wan Kenobi, because Ayla Secura, though she didn't necessarily have that big resume of game well played, great alliances, she was friendly and ended up just being the kind of the more quiet, friendly person with a single immunity challenge victory pulled through. And it was a challenge victory that came absolutely at the right time. Uh, as a reminder, this was, you know, back in, in week 13 that helped keep her in the, uh, in the final four and, and led to Asajj Ventress leaving so anyhow that's my survivor rundown if you don't know the show survivor this may have seemed a little bit all over the place and hard to visualize but just picture you know everybody out there living on the beach with minimal food and then every three days they have to vote one of themselves out as determined by a group of kind of zany challenges that they say are shoddily put together but really you can tell there's a production quality behind it and uh yeah that lying and forming alliances is very important. So we got a lot of liars out here. So it's not surprising that someone like Sebulba, who is a cheater, managed to pull through and succeed in the show. And Ayla Sakura, you know, maybe was able to use her good looks and flirtations to, to pull through, which we see as the strategy often used by, by some players as well. You know, it's an interesting game, Survivor. It's an unpredictable game because people are unpredictable. Sometimes the great machinators go far. Uh, sometimes they get caught in the act, and that's what we see happen to Anakin Skywalker here. Uh, but he still had a, a good run nonetheless. And, you know, what was interesting to see is, you know, the players with skill voted out because people were afraid of what they brought to the table, both Mace Windu early on and uh, Yoda later in the game. So this is kind of, uh, wouldn't be that surprising as far as survivor trajectory if you were to kind of replace all of these uh, personalities with, you know, real-life people. Uh, with differing age experience and what it is they, they bring in the table. So I recommend the show. It's a fun watch, especially if you're multitasking and you don't want to necessarily follow something too closely. Uh, the newer seasons, uh, you can find a spoiler-free list online of what stuff to watch that are considered the best ones. The newer ones definitely have. Uh, the players are better at lying because they know what's going on and sort of this kind of backstabbing and stuff similar to uh, what we kind of see uh, calculated when uh, Anakin backstabs Mace Windu with his little contingent right there. Anyhow, this has been a lot of fun. Um, there's a very special, super special, and more so than ever special episode coming around the corner with episode 50, so that should be nice. Uh, next week, I'll be releasing two episodes, uh, part one and a part two of something, so keep your ears out for that. And uh, per usual, thank you for stopping by, and I will catch you all around. See you, bubbles, bubble, bubble, see you, bubbles, bubble, bubble, see you.